1: This time, on Vet Story. <laughs> Forget
0: the guns and all that. I wanna hear uh, somebody playing drums. I'm, I'm gonna find a band someplace. <laughs> the same group that I had saw in my high school. Now I have the opportunity to try out for that group. And my friend comes out, of his wife comes out of the store. She's like, hey, one of the Temptations are in the store. And she's like, Mr. Williams? He's like, yeah. She's like, do you have a minute? And she turns to me, and she's like, just sing. You know, um, I probably was conceived to one of these records. Every guy on this stage I know could sing circles around me, could dance circles around me. Do you take a chance on yourself, or do you continue your career with the military? Just give me that one shot, and hey, you make it or you break it.
1: Welcome to Vet Story. I'm your host, Phil Briggs, and today we're going to talk about the interesting intersection of veterans and music. I recently had a chance to talk to Air Force veteran Terry Weeks, and he told me how he went from this... To auditioning for one of the greatest groups in American music, founding fathers to the Motown sound, the legendary Temptations. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. If I have to beg please for your sympathy, I don't mind, cause you mean that much to me. What's going on, Terry? Thanks for coming on Vet Story.
0: Hey, hey, how are you going, Phil? Thanks for having
1: me. Always good to have a fellow veteran who's gone on to such great success and we're going to take a little walk down history lane here with you but i'm eager to find out more about you because when i had heard that the temptations have a u.s air force veteran as part of their lineup, (laughs) i was like what i have to i have to hear this story
0: of course when we're riding a bus we have to swap stories for sure
1: (laughs) now before we get to the uh motown side of the story uh let's start I read you're from Birmingham, Alabama, which is also the home of some of the other Temptations.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And and growing up as a young kid, you know, I heard about these stories, and I was like, wow, these guys, no way they came from here. But if they did, they were the ones that got out, <laughs> for sure.
1: <laughs> now, growing up there, of course, you were exposed to their music. I'd imagine along the same veins, uh, you know, if you like the Temptations, you like the Marvin, you like all that, right?
0: Oh man, you, you, all the, the Marvin stuff, that, which is all from the gospel realm, you know, it all was derived from that and, and just went into rock, it went into R&B, it just went into everything. Because all those elements, you know, are always there in gospel music and that's the one core thing that we all share in common.
1: Had you done gospel, or did you sing with the church coming up as a kid?
0: Very little. I was I was basically a, a bass guitar. That was my thing. I wanted to be a musician. Didn't care about singing at all. And just purely by chance, um, a group that I was playing with, gospel group, uh, one of the uh, singers was always late, or he never showed up to, to rehearsal. So I told the guys, I said, hey, you know, I could do what he did. I said, you know, I know the song. I said, I'm not a singer or anything. I said, but I could play it. And uh, I could cover his part. So we went to rehearsals and uh, everything went well. So I guess the following week, I come back to rehearsal and there's a bass player there. And I'm looking a little strange. I'm like, hey, what's up? And they're like, dude, we want you to sing. We got a news bass player. We want you to sing. And I was like, dude, I'm not a singer. So I quit the group. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 my intro into singing. That's really how I started singing purely by chance.
1: And it sounded to me like the way your band worked was in some ways similar to the military. Like you might not always know what's going on until you get there, and then your commanding officer exactly. just
0: exactly. And uh, unbeknownst to me, I guess I I was a better singer than bass player. <laughs> right
1: on. Now your career as an amateur musician was relatively short lived. And you ended up joining the Air Force. How did that happen?
0: The weird story is that at my high school, the Air Force band came to my school, and I had no idea that this was an actual job in the military. So when the band got through performing, I I spoke to one of the guys that was in the band, and I said, hey, how, how does this work? He said, well, you know, we're actually enlisted guys, and we try out for the band, and this is our actual job. And I said, you mean to tell me I could enlist and if I tried out as a singer, that would be my actual job? And he's like, yeah. I said, oh, dude, I'm in. Man, I couldn't wait to get to a recruiter. I went down to recruiter's office and I was like, dude, uh, I'll sign up for whatever job, but I know where I'm gonna end up because that's where I wanna go. (laughs) And ironically, um, I enlisted fresh out of high school. I actually joined my junior year high school. I I knew exactly what I was going to do. Joined the military, uh, left right out of high school, uh, tried out at the local, uh, uh, I guess, uh, talent contest on the base and went from base level and won and went to the next level. And lo and behold, uh, there was a group called tops and blue the same group that I had saw in my high school, now I have the opportunity to try out for that group. Um, I actually tried out. I made the group. Um, I'm sitting there pinching myself like, wow, I have come full circle, you know, actually seeing the one thing that encouraged me to go into the military to pursue, and here I am doing that very thing a few years later. So it was, uh, it was, um, it was big for me, and it gave me a lot of confidence going forward.
1: That's amazing. That's his awesome story. And I've got a colleague here that was also a musical performer, and he was with the Navy and he toured the world doing something very similar. I have to wonder that first day, though, of tryouts or when you're at the recruiter's office, even. You know, there's guys there like right, showing right, how right. many push ups they can do. There's other guys <laughs> talking about how, you know, what a good marksman they are. And then, like, you know, there exactly. you are. Going, just my imagination. Right. <laughs> I'm like, dude. Right away
0: Forget the guns and all that. I want to hear uh, somebody playing drums. I'm, I'm going to find a band someplace. And man, it, it absolutely drew me in. And that was the one thing that uh, I had the pleasure of trying out for Tops and Blue and making it. And uh, that just opened my eyes musically, you know, like no, nothing yet. That experience with that group taught me everything I need to know about this business and it basically gave you all the tools you needed to make the, de- the decision whether to go forward in entertainment or, you know, continue your career in the military.
1: And I would suspect a little bit less toxic of an environment. You know, I mean, odds oh, are yeah, you're not yeah, necessarily going to be, uh, you know, introduced to a lot of drugs, <laughs> a lot of partying. Exactly. you got to be on That's base. The thing. <laughs>
0: And and the whole thing about it, Phil, that drew me in with those guys is that it's like, wow, I, every guy on this stage, I know could sing circles around me, could dance circles around me, but they were willing to share their knowledge with me. And I was like, wow, I know that there's no way I could have paid for all the instruction and all the encouragement and, 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 and everything that they gave us, man. There was no way I could have paid for that on the, in the outside
1: world. Now, speaking of the outside world, what was going on in the outside world while you were serving? Uh, you weren't in the Vietnam era. You would have been after that, right? What it was, was it? early 80s, 80,
0: 82 to, through to 90, to 1990. When I came in, I was just getting out when Desert Storm hit. I just missed Desert Storm by a few months. And I actually, with the uh, Tops and Blue, had the opportunity to perform uh, July 4th at the uh, same place that, that the temps are gonna be doing here next week. And that's that was so rewarding for me. I did it as a military member and now I'm going back and doing it as a civilian member. Man, I couldn't be be more, more delighted with that. I couldn't have planned it and so I threw in no way, but I'm so happy about that
1: let's get to that fateful transition now so we get out of the air force and we're in la and i read that you were looking for some show business work like you know so many so many talented young people Uh, do you know
0: (laughs) here i am i come with my dream like all the other millions of people come to california right and phil i promise you it was within had to be it was less than a week i know that four or five days we're there Two of my friends are, were sightseeing, we're up on Hollywood Boulevard walking around and my friend comes out, of, his wife comes out of the store. She's like, hey, one of the Temptations are in the store. I was like, really? Like, wow, I didn't think I would see a celebrity today. You know, silly me, it is Hollywood Boulevard though. <laughs> right. And so we, walk, we, we went in the shoe store and he's in there. So we said, we're just gonna wait him out. When he comes out, we're just gonna be there waiting for him. So a while goes by, he comes outside and she's like, Mr. Williams, She's like, yeah. She's like, do you have a minute? And she turns to me and she's like, just sing. And I like, I started singing something, uh, uh, some Dunny Hathaway tune. I forget whether he was one of my favorite singers. So I go into it and Mr. Williams stops. He looks at me and He's like, huh, OK. And he says, so what are you doing here? You here working? I said, no, I'm uh, actually, I'm still in the military. I said, I'm uh, debating whether or not to get out and pursue this, you know, as a career and try this and see where I can go with it. And he said, really? He said, well, uh, look, let's exchange numbers. We exchange numbers. So we did sightseeing thing and went to Venice Beach and other places later that day. Got home that evening and he had called and left two messages. Now, this was back when <laughs> answering machines were, <laughs> were the thing. So here it is. You got three grown adults sitting here looking at the answering machine like it's a a, a specimen from space. He's like, (laughs) what do we do? We plan the message over and over. I was like, well, he did say call him, and I had his number. I was like, wow. Okay, so we had to get our speech together. I was like, what do I say? Well, She was like, just call. (laughs) So I finally called. I start talking to him. Come to find out his wife that he's with (laughs) was from Birmingham. I said, you got to be kidding me, man. And we started talking about that and started to say, well, to him and his wife, I knew some of the same people. And he said, look, you know, forget all that. He said, look, man, he said, I like what I heard. I'm interested. You know, I want to sign you to my production company and, and we can see if we can get you signed and, and see what you can see. I said, dude, 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 slow down. Are you kidding me? I said, but you only heard the little bit. He said, look, I know what I heard. I, this is what I do. I've done this all my life. I'm interested if you are. I said, we'll put the contract together and, and we'll see what it, we'll go from there. And just what he said he was going to do, not maybe a month or two later, he sends the contract. Everything's on the up and up. And uh, I only had, I think, about 30 days left. And I decided I said, hey, well, I'm out of here, guys said goodbye and uh, you know you get the speeches like yeah Weeks we know you'll be back in six months and I'm like dude I'm out of here wherever (laughs) I am it won't be back here I said I've made this decision I said I gotta see it through now and I said goodbye to those guys and and went forward here we are.
1: There had to be people on that base that were like man that boy has got the best (laughs) look you know the
0: crazy part was that years (laughs) later when I was with the Tims we had the opportunity to go back there and perform there in the city. And you wouldn't believe it. There were about four or five of the guys that I was stationed with that were still there. Man, they came out with their families and you talking about one of the most emotional times. I mean, those guys, they were like, dude, we know we said you would be back, but we didn't know you would come back this way. <laughs> and I was like, man, I didn't know it either. I said, but I knew I had to try. And I said, everything you guys said to me helped motivate me, helped get me to to this point. And I thanked them, man, and I was so happy that they got a chance to see that.
1: Outstanding. And we had another run of good luck, too, because as I've read your bio here, uh, of course, you're working with a group now. he got you in like a development group or or as many record labels do. They put together acts and they try to see, you know, which can get some record charting action and which can make some success. And, and, you know, he's got a lot of horses in the stable, so to speak. And some of them run and some of them don't. Um, Absolutely. You got called up to do a fill in or something with The Temptations. What was that like?
0: Yeah. Um, The thing was, I was still working on my my project. I had a group, uh, a three-member trio, and I was working on my project. And uh, O asked me, he said, hey, look, man, we really need somebody out here um, to fill that harmony. He said, I know you can do it. He said, the guys all know you. They're comfortable with you. And I had been in the studio and done work with the guys before also. So I was familiar with everyone. So I came out and I sang in the wings for actually for, which was supposed to be a month and it turned in to 10 months. And while I was out, you know, my group uh, wasn't doing anything and we ended up splitting up and old turned to me after that 10 months. And he said, he said, look, man, um, he said, we we're auditioning cats as we speak. He said, I'm asking you to stay on. He said, but he said, can you dance? I was like, dude, can I dance? <laughs> I, I, I'm built for this. I mean, it's not something I envision seeing myself doing. I said, but I can feel that peg. I can definitely feel that peg for you. And he's like, really? I said, you know, uh, we're talking. I said, "Let's let's let's put the pedal to it. Let's do it and see what happens. And he said, okay. We went forward and hey, man like I told him you just I all I need is the opportunity that's all I've ever asked for in life and doing anything just give me that that one shot and hey you make it or you break it i can live with that that's and awesome. and hey man I, I went in did my thing you know and and it did, it did help that the guys already knew me and they were familiar with me and they was like, wow, we didn't know you could dance. I was like, Well, you didn't ask. <laughs> <I> said, but <laughs> hey, let's do it, you know. So and it's been such a um that tops and blue experience basically set me up for this. Man, it was a cakewalk. Because I already I was familiar with everything that required to fill that position. So um, basically tops and blues de- definitely set me up. Mm -hmm. for this perfect situation that fell in my lap. And I tell people, I said, I in no way will ever say to you that talent got me here. I said, a whole lot of luck uh, knowing certain people and making the right moves. I said, all the stars were aligned and everything for me in that aspect. And I realized it and I'm taking full advantage of it.
1: Now, I understand they had to bend one little rule, though, to get you oh, in. Oh, yeah. Because you could sing and you could <laughs> dance. But but there was one thing right. you just can't fake. And what was that?
0: I, I wasn't tall enough. <laughs> I just wasn't tall enough. So we fixed that by adding a couple of inches to the heel. <laughs> and that got me up, up, up to par because, uh, you know, I'm standing around all these six-footers. And that's what the group calls for. And I was like, wow. It, but it was funny for me because... I mean, even in sports, everything I had pursued in my life, I would always been told, well, we don't think you can do it. I'm like, I've always heard that. I don't mind that because I know what I can do. And I said, look, just just give me the shot and we'll be okay.
1: All right. In addition to asking for your shot, I read that you also asked about the age difference. You asked Mr. Otis Williams about uh, the significant generational difference between you guys.
0: I was born in 63 and i'm always uh uh uh, talking to mr williams and joking with him that i said dude you know um i probably was conceived to one of these records and here i am singing on stage with you i said man that's got to be crazy for you and he was like look he said man when when we were coming up we were teenagers You know, we were living a dream. We had no idea that we would have the impact on the world that they have
1: today. First of all, thank you. I love that picture you just painted. That is awesome. Now, you've gone on to pick up some accolades of your own. You've gone on to win a Grammy with this variation of The Temptations.
0: Yep, yep, we did. And uh, I'm standing there like, dude, it's like, come on. This is ridiculous now. You know, I was happy with with just getting this far. But now you're throwing this in, you know, we won the Grammy and I think the same year we won a soul train music award. And it's like, dude, that's like, uh, this is another level. This is a a level that I didn't plan for because between me and you feel, I love what I do, but I don't care about, I'm, I'm not a celebrity. I, I always say that. I might be in a celebrity's role, but I'm just not that guy. I'm a normal, run-the-mill, everyday guy. And that works for me. It has always worked for me. And that's the way I conduct myself. That's the way I conduct my life and anybody around me.
1: Now, what was Otis like? Because a lot of his bandmates currently, you know, weren't, I mean, they weren't there in the 60s when they were winning awards left and right. Was he psyched for you guys or was he like, oh, another Grammy Awards. How many times can I win a Grammy? I've got a hundred of them.
0: Man, Phil, he was on top of the world because that's one thing he had always said to me. He said, man, I want you guys to be able to win the type of awards that I've won over the years and and seen the things. And I always tell him, you know, when people stand and clap for me, that's the reward every time for me. That's the Grammy every night for me. You know, I didn't do it for the awards. I mean, they're great to get that, you know, but that's from our peers. Mm -hmm. And we respect that. But we do this purely for the fans, you know, because this music wouldn't be around this long if it wasn't for the fans. So we we know that the faces change, you know, and we get a little heavier. We don't have that 28 inch waist anymore, you know, (laughs) but the music and the respect for it still remains. And that'll always be as long as I'm a part of it, that will always be.
1: And as a guy that came up as a fan first, as a young man listening to it growing up through his teens and everything, have you ever had a moment where you hear Otis sort of reminisce about a uh, something that happened back in the day? Any good, like, David Ruffin stories or little tidbits of the Temptations past?
0: I always, um, when we get on the bus, you know, we take those long bus rides. I'm always prodding them and say, hey, you know, how was it this way? And this? But there was this one particular story where he told me about the power of music. And he said they were in a, uh, I think, uh, down in Mississippi, and they were at a theater. And what had happened was, back then it was segregated. You had whites on one side and blacks on the other. And what had happened was some blacks had came in, and they were sitting in the white seat. So when they came in for for the seating, it caused a commotion. And he said they had to come out on stage and tell the people, say, look, this music has no color. He said, look, everybody sit where you want and do whatever. He said, but we're not gonna start this show until we can conduct ourselves properly as adults. And he told me then, he said he saw the power of music in a whole nother light after that day. He said, wow, this thing can stop people from fighting. He said when the show started, when he looked out in the audience, there was no segregation anymore. Everybody black and white was dancing and having a good time listening to the music. And he said that's when it hit him. He said, wow, I chose a very noble profession. And what I just witnessed this night is far powerful than, than anything he had ever seen in that in his life to that point. He shared that with me, and I was like, "Wow, incredible!"
1: Oh, that is amazing. And of course, uh, you know, of course, your music was set as the backdrop, the soundtrack, if you will, to the civil rights movement. I mean, it was what people were listening to. That's just a tremendous picture you just painted. Right. If
0: you didn't experience it, you could experience it through the music because it was telling you everything that was happening in the world at that time. You know, and and we both know that those things won't ever happen again. So. That was uh, that was a small
1: microcosm of life at that time. Hmm. I would ask wow. what's next, Terry, but it seems like all your <laughs> dreams have come true. I mean, are you, are you going to be on the moon next? Or, I mean, what is, <laughs> is going to go
0: on? The thing is, what we're doing right now, and we refer to it as we're caretakers now. We're taking this legacy that is so vast and huge, we're just adding to it and it's, it's just extending the life and exposing a whole nother generation to it. Cause man, feel that sometimes we look in the audience and you got four generations that are listening to the same type of music. And it's very rare that that can happen in this day and age.
1: So true. Well, I thank you for everything. I thank you for the music first and foremost, but it is really inspiring to know that you're a fellow veteran just like I am and our greatest days can be ahead of us. Any advice to somebody coming up that might think they got a talent ability and they want to get out of the military and pursue it?
0: All you got to do is real simple. If you believe in yourself, you can accomplish whatever and a hey, people around you will say and do all sorts of things but that self-belief will it'll it'll maintain you and it will catapult you to where you want to go it absolutely will
1: terry an absolute pleasure talking to you i look forward to seeing you guys for the capital fourth in absolutely. washington dc your reunion thanks phil your return to dc if you will we look forward oh, to yeah. seeing you again man
0: oh yes i do i do i look forward to it and thank you for your service today and every day
1: Now you can see Terry alongside Temptations original member Otis Williams as they tour the country all summer long. They'll even be part of one of the nation's largest 4th of July celebrations in Washington DC. The nationally televised special on PBS, A Capital Fourth. There they'll play alongside acts like the Beach Boys and Jimmy Buffett. Special thanks to PBS and Terry Weeks for making the time to talk to us. And we want to thank the Temptations for over 50 years of incredible music. I'm Phil Briggs, and I'll talk to you again on another episode of Vet Story. And you can find all the episodes at ConnectingVets.com.